putting good, driving it well, just kind of build off all those things and uh, get myself, you know, in contention with, uh, with nine to go on Sunday. That's the whole goal. What a first day that was, eh? The first round of the 87th Masters Tournament is in the books. Exceptional drama, exceptional leaderboard and tons to talk about. Hence, we are here for another Masters Commute in association with Callaway. Hello there, Michael McEwen here sitting in the Augusta National Media Centre. I've got, I think I'm on my third room this week. All soundproofed, all very nice and whoa, green curtains. <laughs> Look at those, they're impressive, my goodness. And I've got another very special guest indeed. If you're a regular listener to the Bunker podcast, you'll have heard this guy plenty of times before. A great friend of the show and now back in America, you know, sadly, <laughs> after his... Well, we're going to call it sabbatical to Scotland last year. We'll talk more about that in a second. Golf.com's Sean Zach. Hello, my friend. Welcome. Yeah, if you think about it, uh, the first time we did this was we were in Augusta National. The second mm -hmm. time we did this, it was at St. Andrews. The third time we're doing it is at Augusta National. Yeah. That means like Pebble or Pine Valley <laughs> or next, right? I'm up for that. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? You well? I'm good. Yeah. Uh, day one is in the books. It was a very, gosh, action-packed day. Mm. You know, we have... We came into it with so many storylines and then we added to them. It felt like, like <laughs> we, we had the Live versus the PGA Tour. We had Tiger. We had Rory. And there was rules disputes. Like uh, it was a it was a full on Thursday. This was not your Charlie Hoffman leading by two <laughs> run of the oh, middle Thursday. Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> oh my goodness, you'll be feeling that the pain, I'm sure. Charlie Hoffman was always for well, a good ten years the perfect first round leader bet at the masters wasn't he yeah there was one year i remember writing a story about it he he played one of the best first rounds in masters history just in terms of strokes gained above the field average that day it was i think nine and a half or ten strokes Ooh, gained. like he, he shot a 65 and i think he had a four shot lead this must have been 2017 or 18 and anytime someone has a four shot lead after the first round you have to think okay can can they do it um, evidently not oh definitely not i don't think he came very close but uh four shots is what i thought honestly victor hovland was going to get to today at mm -hmm. one point. looked like it didn't it i mean victor hovland came out the gates really really quickly i want to come back to him though because brooks kepka for me and i guess probably for you as well probably the big storyline of the day Seven under 65, like John Ram, like Victor Hovland, they are tied at the top of the leaderboard. Brooks kind of, it feels like he's come out of nowhere, which is crazy to say for a former world number one, a four-time major champion. But you all have seen full swing. You saw how he was in episode two. That was a lost, lost man. He won in Orlando at the weekend, the first guy to win twice on the Live Golf Tour, and now he is leading the Masters. Here's a quick flavour of what Brooks had to say after his round. Honestly, I think it was just a start. Got off to a good start. Um, anytime you're 200 through three, that's a good start. So uh, felt good. Kind of just piggybacked off that, uh, that momentum and uh, very happy the way I played. Drove the ball really nicely. Left it in some good spots. Um, even missed quite a few putts. I think I missed a short one on six, um, eight, nine, ten. So they were all kind of inside ten feet. But could have been really low, but uh, very, I'll take it. Seven's pretty good. Yeah, so, Sean, I mean, Brooks kept coming back up there at the top of the leaderboard. Were you anticipating that he could 
ride that momentum from Orlando into this week? I think so, which makes me sound smart. But at some point, <laughs> he's he's proven that he can do things at major championships better than the normal tour pro and even better than the elite tour pro. And so he feels more comfortable at tournaments like this one. Now, he will be the first to tell you that Orange uh, Orange County National or whatever they played the live event last weekend in Orlando is not a golf course like this golf course. It does not challenge in the same way. But good form is good form. You know, hitting the ball where you need to hit it is the same if you're doing it here or you're doing it on the moon. And so <laughs> he's hitting it in the center of the face and he's hitting it right where he's seeing it. And so that's a really good sign when you have the kind of major championship resume that he has and the kind of steely nerve and the focus and all that stuff. Now, Victor Hovland probably doesn't scare him. But if Brooks is tell, is talking to you deep down, he knows John Rahm is one hell of a golfer. Yeah. And he's looking at what John Rahm did on two through 18 today, which is shoot nine under. <laughs> and that that's like probably feels better than what Brooks Kepka did. But I don't know. Brooks Kepka doesn't want to tell anyone that he's afraid. <laughs> so he, I think he feels some flow right now. Uh-huh. And you see it in him in the press conference room, right? He kind of is antagonistic or not exactly surprised. He won't act surprised when we act surprised at him. Mm-hmm. He's just going to say, look, I'm finally healthy, which he's kind of said in the past too. And it all, always hasn't, does, does, it is not always meant that he would win so is it coincidental is it just 18 hole sample size i'm going to argue that he does hang around throughout the entire weekend but he's not perfect this is not brooks at beth page when it felt like he was peaking like he's not peaking uh, in the way he did in 2018 2019 so it, there will be bumps on this road this weekend i think he hangs around but it won't be easy. Not unfamiliar territory for him, though. I mean, he, he did share the lead in 19 when Tiger eventually ended up winning alongside Bryson DeChambeau, I think it was. They, they both shot right. 66s. And he ultimately finished in the tie for second that week. I, I, it seems to me that Augusta, whilst it's not where he's had his success in the majors, it is a course that it does feel like it suits him, particularly with the conditions that we're going to get weather-wise over the next few days. Lots of rain coming tomorrow. I'm going to feel really at home for the first time at Augusta, I think, ever. That's going to make the course play longer. 7,500 yards today. It could be playing 7-9, pushing 8,000. He's long enough to deal with that. And the soft conditions with his his high ball flight. I mean, it's tailor-made for him. Well, also, he's going to play before some of the rain hits, or at least that's what it looks like. That's what he said after his round. He's like, hopefully I can get a bunch of holes in before it starts dumping on us. If he plays 12 holes in pretty tame conditions, that matters. Like, that's what happens. That's what happens in your event, in the (laughs) open. You get get a draw draw, that matters. I don't know if it will matter quite as much here in the States or at this event. At some point, everyone's going to be dealing with some rain and some wind and some some cold. But, I mean, he has brought it up. Mm-hmm. And so I think if he brings it up, it probably will matter. At least, you know, I, I you can tell I'm, I'm halfway in on what Brooks tells us <laughs> and definitely halfway out on what he says because I think he can be a, a bit of a, a BSer at times. But. Yeah, he can be a challenge. <laughs> he can definitely be a challenge, as I think reporters discovered to their cost uh, 
where was it? Was it Brookline last year prior to him joining Live? Mm-hmm. He was quite chippy then. Yeah, so. we were apparently creating a cloud over the champion. That's right. There was a cloud. Yeah. I think the clouds will form themselves <laughs> tomorrow, courtesy of Mother Nature. But we'll see how that goes. Look, it would be remiss not to discuss the rules incident you alluded to earlier. There were a couple and both ended up being to use your words, nothing burgers, which I think is <laughs> tremendous. Is, it, is that a term that, that crosses the Atlantic? Now it is. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until now, but a great expression. So Colin Morikawa, there was an incident there that was widely shared on uh, social media of him apparently moving his marker or his golf ball. Total non-incident because that video, as it transpires, was clipped to make mm-hmm. it look really bad. Mm-hmm. Nothing to see here. The bigger one that arguably didn't get as much traction at the time did involve Brooks Kepka On the 15th hole, his caddy, Ricky Elliott, was captured by cameras, appearing to mouth the word five in mm-hmm. the direction of Gary Woodland's caddy. If I'm understanding it correctly, Brooks hit a five iron for his second shot. Mm-hmm. Ricky Elliott told Gary Woodland's caddy that before Woodland hit his shot. Mm-hmm which would constitute advice, which I think rule 10.2a mm-hmm. is not allowed. you nailed it. Two-shot penalty. It, <laughs> yeah. it should have been. But again, discussion subsequently, nothing to see here, apparently. Nothing to see here only because that happens uh, a lot. It happens all over the place. And it often happens via one caddy peering into the bag of another player, mm-hmm. just kind of looking. It does Process not, of elimination, the seven's not there, they hit seven. Exactly. Kind of and so it's often not spoken. It is often not said. It is often just, it's also, also often not communicated via hand signals or anything. So that's why this is a little bit weird because it, it feels far more deliberate between caddies. But Brooks said that, yeah, look, Gary didn't know what I hit while we were walking up to the green. He said that he asked Brooks what he hit afterwards, kind of clearing, I guess, or providing an alibi. Like, look, whatever was said, whether it was five or jive or thrive, <laughs> like, uh, it didn't or matter. Or live, potentially. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, sure. What you on? Come on over Lev. to live. <laughs> um, did not matter. That's what was said. And then the Masters Tournament Committee decided that is all that suffices mm-hmm. for an explanation. The evidence does not look great, mm-hmm. but as Paul McGinley said on live from the Masters afterward, look, if every player in the field was shown that video and had to promise that they have never done that or their caddy has never done that, they would all be lying. So it's far too common of a practice, I think, on the PGA Tour for it to be a, such a well-known rule, uh, which is weird. Yeah, like if, if a, and it is a rule, as you say, and mm-hmm. if it has been broken, then irrespective of how frequently that rule is broken and not punished, it still has to be dealt yeah. with. Yeah, it's almost kind of like, you have to correct me if I'm wrong about this, because I'm still a budding football fan compared to yourself. Oh, here we go. This will be good. You called it football for a start, so that is, <laughs> you're, on, you're on a great path already. But uh, like, a, like a keeper jumping off the line uh, during penalty kicks, perhaps, like whether they're on the line, off the line, leaning forward off the line, trying to, to ruin the angle of a PK is this kind of gray area. And the, the keepers do want to get off the mm-hmm. line. They do want to get off of there. It's when they do that and 
who's ruling it. Uh, it's kind of this practice that everyone really does do. Do you think that that's a horrible comparison? <laughs> it's okay. It's not great. It's, I'll be honest, it's not perfect, but I know exactly what you're saying <laughs> because ultimately that rule is enforced by some referees and not by others. Yeah. I think the, the introduction of VAR should make that sure. should make yeah. that a little bit more cut and dried. We need VAR I, in golf, huh? We used to have <laughs> it as well. Geez, with armchair <laughs> fans phoning <laughs> in and now we don't. But I do agree with you. It doesn't look particularly good. I guess the it's not really about even proving intent in this instance either. It's just was the rule broken, yes or no. It appears it was, therefore two shot penalty could should have been applied. But we have to go with what the tournament committee have decided. And ultimately, if they say no harm, no foul, then we move on. Yeah, Ricky Elliott, if you're listening to this on early on Friday morning, <laughs> turn yourself in. <laughs> Let's move or on. let your boss hear it, because as we all know, he plays great with a chip in his shoulder. That's so true. There is that. Listen, we have more to discuss. Time is rampaging away from us, but we have plenty more players and incidents we need to get into on today's episode of the Masters Commute in association with Callaway Golf. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI designed forged 455 face cup and an all new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back. Part two of today's Masters Commute in association with Callaway. Michael McEwen here at Augusta National at the end of round one with Sean Zach from golf.com. We haven't really touched, Sean, on either Victor Hovland or John Ram. Let's go to John Ram first. Tied at the top with Kepka Hovland. As you said, started with a double bogey today and then played his remaining 17 holes and nine under. I don't know what's more surprising the fact that he played 17 holes and nine under or the fact he doubled the first. Yeah, I don't, don't make me choose. I just know that this is this should scare the rest of the field because this is what John Rahm was doing uh, in February, in the beginning of March. This is what he did in so many ways in the first round of the Arnold Palmer Invitational when Damon Hack, the Golf Channel reporter, asked him, hey, you're now leading a tournament again. You are the number one player in the world. You keep doing this. Uh, are you kind of only comparing yourself to Tiger and Jack with some of the things you're doing? And John Rom said, honestly, right now, yeah. Like, that's how good he was playing. Then he receded a little bit, mm -hmm. did not have a very good players, did not finish the Arnold Palmer very well. Obviously, the players he, he withdrew did not advance in match play either. It felt like, shoot, have we lost John Rom a little bit? And then when he doubled the first today, it's like, wait, gosh, what's going on there? Mm -hmm. He four-putted the first four hole. Putted, yeah. And then it was like, oh, yeah, that's who I am. I am John Rahm, 65. It should scare the rest of the field because if you are a Rory McIlroy, uh, a Jordan Spieth, the kind of players who have backed up a little bit today when they thought they were going to have a great round, chasing that guy down is really hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's funny. He started off the round playing a bit like Ron Jam and then you know very quickly <laughs> became John Rahm again. He's, he's just doing what John Ram, Ram does around here. Yeah, you, you weren't know. surprised by that, ultimately, right? No, That's not, the not really, thing. yeah. I mean, six events here, four top tens. It feels like he is going to win at least one green jacket before his career is up. Is this the week, though? Yeah, I think, well, he's certainly the odds favorite now. And 
I think the only lingering doubt is just what he's done for the last four weeks, which is funny because if you asked me on February 1st, I would have said John Rahm. If you asked me on February 20th, I would have said John Rahm. And March 1st, I would have said John Rahm. And just because that wasn't the case on April 1st doesn't mean it. it's not still the, just about as likely to yeah. happen. So is it the week um, through 25% of this tournament? It's really hard to, to point towards anyone. There's just too much chaos. I'm that kind of guy who's just like, okay, we've made it to the end of the first quarter. <laughs> and I, I just think about golf tournaments in this football, basketball kind of way. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we're, we've reached the first quarter. They're tied. <laughs> like, yeah. If, if yeah. I don't care who's, if Tom Brady's playing quarterback, if the New England Patriots are tied after the first quarter, yeah, maybe they'll win, but like they could very, very well lose. So, who knows, man? And it's such a stacked leaderboard behind them as well. I mean, we'll come to Hovland in a second, but, you know, two shots back, five under, you've got Cam Young, you've got Jason Day continuing his resurgence, which on a personal level, I think is great to see. He's, he, he seems like a real good guy. Mm. He's just had a few demons to, to battle the past couple of years. Shane Lowry, a shot behind and a, and a group of players on four under alongside Xander Schofley. The guy who won here 10 years ago, the utter dreamboat that is Adam Scott, <laughs> Gary Woodland. Then you've got the defending champion, Scotty Scheffler. You've got the amateur, Sam Bennett. I mean, that leaderboard, objectively speaking, is phenomenal. Yeah, no frauds. Correct. And that's such a mean word, but with all due respect to Charlie Hoffman, no one <laughs> Charlie's was, getting a pound in here, man. <laughs> no one was worried when he had that four shot lead. Mm-hmm. No one was worried that he was going to run away with the tournament. Guys like Brooks have run away with tournaments. Guys like Rom have run away with tournaments. Scotty Scheffler just ran away mm. with the fifth major last year, ran away and hit one by five. So when you have that many thoroughbreds up top and seemingly no frauds, it's great for us. Yeah. Which one of them are going to do it? I think the fact that there are so many just means that we're going to have an entertaining tournament the rest of the way. So what about that man then, Victor Hovland? Norway's finest. He he played a bit like Erling Haaland did today. He's got the same sort of <laughs> killer instinct and, you know, the the clinical approach to, to his round today was just exceptional. You know, that, that eagle at the second really set him up and he, he did kind of par his way in, you know, with, uh, I think, a, a birdie at 13. And then, you know, it was steady pars all the way through. But that's the point. It was steady golf. Yeah. He got himself into a really commanding position. One, he's not been accustomed to in major championship golf before and looked totally at home. So when he plays his best golf, it is a driver and iron just absolute show. He is not a good chipper and pitcher of the golf ball he has gotten better which is great it shows some maturity and some depth of his game he was asked today about his short game and what he's kind of changed and it it sounds like there has been a lot going on with his short game to improve it to he said he was leaning too far back which was kind of changing the loft of a lot of his wedge shots that's a little too nerdy for me and probably for a number of your viewers. <laughs> but uh, the point is, he could stick around longer than people would give him credit for. Because, gosh, you need a short game out here. Short game is where your masters either uh, flourish or go to die. And so he would not be a top, you're like top five people coming into the week because that is a weakness of his. Mm-hmm. Um, if he has, I don't know, solved that weakness or has even made it less of a weakness and not necessarily a strength, but a very average thing for him. 
can he drive it and iron it around this place good enough? Maybe. But again, like there's a reason why if you look at those top three guys, Rom, Kepka, and Hovland, he's number three. Playing with Tiger Woods as well, and Xander Schofle, I think I'm right in saying Xander was the third man in That's that right, group. yep. And looked totally at home in that company. It was his first time playing, I think, with Tiger. What an outfit to wear to hold that kind of company. <laughs> I mean, how are we going to describe that polo shirt? There's more um, to come, by the way, over well, the next three days. it's extremely but. floral. It is <laughs> extremely pink, uh, pink, white, and kind of a seafoam green. The flower petals are big, <laughs> like he's in the jungle. And the only other way to describe it is through his words. He said, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well he, he done, just wears, He just wears what they tell him to wear. Now, he also did bring up the fact that last year they had him wearing hot pink pants. That's a good point. And this is, in his eyes, a, a graduation from those. Mm-hmm. It's funny, <laughs> like you put Jay Lindbergh's logo on most clothes and you can cover up a lot of crimes with that logo, sure. can't you? Yeah. But it does kind of feel to me like he, he sold the caravan and kept the curtains. But <laughs> like, you know... As long as he continues to win, he's going to continue to look good. You know, a green jacket goes with pretty much anything, as we've seen. Let's talk about Rory. My goodness, I sounded a lot chirpier yesterday talking about Rory with mm. Jamie Weir. Yeah, so is everybody. Yeah. Everyone's Just been on the Rory train. Today. You know, he, there he is, level par, seven shots behind, a typical Rory McIlroy round at Augusta. I believe he's now not had an under par round to start the Masters in his last five appearances. <sighs> a dose of the Thursdays. <laughs> Is seven shots too far back? No, not at all. Rory, wet golf course, maybe? Come on. He's done it before. He's also done it before, as in, like, he didn't start out great last year, and then, wham, here he comes and technically kind of contends towards the end of the 2022 Masters. I would love to believe in Rory. I mean, I certainly did. To an extent, maybe not as much as you and Jamie. Jamie, who's like best buddies with Rory. So we'd have you believe. Yeah. <laughs> it feels pretty much of a one-way friendship, somewhat unrequited love. But, you know, that's that's fine. Um, yeah. Sorry, Jamie. I, I'd love to believe it, but there is a thing about Augusta National and returning to this place for the biggest event in Rory's life every single year. You can build up a lot of positive optimism and positive memories out here. That's what he talked about in his pre-tournament press conference. The positivity that he was taking from last year's 64, holding out on 18 for birdie to finish solo second. And he was hoping to maintain the feeling of that round and what it felt like to be in contention and do things like Eagle the 13th when he needed to. But the inverse of that is the buildup of scar tissue and returning to a place of middling to sometimes negative memories just has to bring up the idea of his hooked tee shot on 10 in 2011, his balloon tee shot on one uh, in the final round of 2018 against Patrick Reed. You go to the second hole, he should have made eagle that day, didn't make eagle that day. And there is enough scar tissue in a negative way for Rory out here that he has to think about it. And I, that might give some stuff too much credit. I mean, he he definitely flies in Bob Rutella, his sports psych, the, uh, this week to have him around and really kind of talk through his mental approach. Does um, the fact that he needs Bob here this week suggest that Rory can't do this alone? He's not quite there yet. I think it just suggests a slightly different approach. 
he's been through the ringer of approaches here all of them all of them he's he's read self-help books he's you know dived into just the idea that you know this tournament it it could it's one of 25 tournaments i'll play this year or this is the only tournament i need to play this year he's gone through a number of approaches i just i just think that there's a bit of a bugaboo that he it must be the start. Like it just must be. be. Yeah. I when I, I remember talking to my coworker Dylan about this like a week or two ago, and just saying that I want Rory to have a, an early tea time at Augusta today. He had one of the last tea mm -hmm. times. Had to wait around all day. Probably watched a, a bit of the golf in the morning. Saw and, guys go seven shots clear of him before he hit a ball. Yeah, and probably was thinking, okay, it's hot out there. It's eighty-eight degrees. Feels like ninety or something like that. The greens are going to be softer than normal. Ball's going to be flying. Today is my day. We need to score. Did that get him into trouble here and there? Um, did he make a hasty swing on the first hole? Who knows? Rory knows. That's who knows. And um, it's just not adding up. And I know a lot of people are disappointed. It's early. Again, 25%. First quarter. First quarter of this thing is over Exactly. With. Let's touch briefly on Tiger Woods. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people rolling their eyes at the mention of a guy who is <laughs> nine shots behind, but he is also a guy with five green jackets and 15 majors. Two over par, Tiger. Really uneven performance. Didn't look comfortable out there. I guess he's never potentially going to look comfortable on a golf course again. Mm -hmm. 73, is that about right, do you reckon, for where Tiger is in a general sense at this point in time? Yeah, I think today was a good example of what the new norm can be. This man is 40 years old. I don't care if he never got in an accident. 47 years old is old in golf terms, yeah, in yeah, good master's point. terms. Um, and so that, plus all the baggage of what he's done to his body, is just making the new norm, like... I wrote today that he's he's basically put a leash on himself. He can only roam so far. He cannot follow today's round of two over and go to the range and grind it out. He can't do it. He cannot be on his feet that long. He can't, you know, work through his short game after playing 18 holes because his body won't allow him to do it. And so he is, his leash is short. It can only go so deep. Like he probably can, the best round he can probably shoot out here might be like, 68 67 if he absolutely peers it for a day well you know what 67 would get you today you'd be two back <laughs> that's <laughs> it'd be, true it'd be fantastic yeah, yeah. but you'd be two back and and so i think tiger has a leash on him at this point which is kind of weird because like uh i don't know it, it fits in with the, his name right <laughs> you put a tiger on a leash <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah very true but i think you're quite tricky. right i mean he's he's not able to work his way back into a better score tomorrow he has to essentially do his rehab tonight, get a nice bath, whatever else, stretch, rest, and hope that tomorrow's a better day. And that's not something Tiger's accustomed to, is hoping that the cards fall his way. He's used to being the guy dealing the cards sure. to the rest of the field. So it is a, a unique position that he finds himself in. I'm not sure that he's got it within him, considering all that to improve on a 73 tomorrow. I know that sounds daft as Tiger Woods, but... <laughs> He's just played 18 holes of really, really tough major championship golf on a golf course that is not helping his body one bit. The one so. thing that I like about him is, well, he's going to go out in the afternoon tomorrow. And even though there's going to be rain that comes in, we've talked about all that. This is the easiest major championship cut to make. 
He's made it, I think, virtually every time he's played it in his, in his as a professional. Yeah, a he's pro. made everyone, and he will know just about when he tees off what score he needs to shoot. And look, he's still in the middle of the pack. It's not like he shot seventy eight today, so he has not completely played his way out of things. And if you tell Tiger Woods, even if he's forty seven year old Tiger Woods, hey man, we need a seventy one out of you tomorrow. Old man Woods can get it done. Like he's got the hands to do it. So I think that's kind of one thing to watch. If you're like a Tiger Woods fan and you'll know, hey, you need a 70 tomorrow to make this cut or you need even just 72. Give us even par. That's a fun Tiger Woods, the grinding Tiger Woods to watch. That I Even if he's not going to win, that's, a, that's an entertaining storyline. You're absolutely right. Before we finish up, something a little bit more fun. Not that this hasn't been fun already, Sean. What am I saying? <laughs> but I asked this question on the Bunkered Facebook page. Some great interaction from you guys already this week. Facebook.com forward slash Bunkered Online. What's your most controversial master's opinion? I threw that out there to the masses. I'll give you some of their responses in a second, but you've never been shy about <laughs> offering an opinion, Mr. Zach. <laughs> so don't clam up on me now. Okay, so uh, I wish I had a little bit more, gosh, relatability to mm-hmm. this one because you can you really can't experience unless you get on the grounds here. But my most controversial opinion is just tearing down what is a very popular food item here at Augusta National is the pimento cheese sandwich. I think it is deeply overrated. I think <laughs> I think if you had to ask, if you wanted me to rank all the sandwiches, because there are a number of them, mm-hmm. there's the barbecue sandwich, the classic chicken sandwich. Classic chicken is the, the boy. The egg salad sandwich. I agree with you. Classic mm-hmm. chicken Can't is go the wrong. only thing I eat all week long. With some hot sauce. Oh, Game changer. How about some brown sauce from, uh, from oh, Scotland? Yeah, I mean, you ship some over here? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but, you know, you guys haven't been fully educated yet, no. obviously. The point is, pimento cheese is at the bottom of that power ranking. Ooh. I've had it twice in my life. I had it my first master's out of respect for its reputation. Okay. <laughs> Hated it. I came back the second year and thought, Sean, you need to give it one more chance. Yep. Couldn't get through half of it. I said, not again, never again. There you go. Oh, I, I can actually hear the Green Jackets marching down the corridor just now. Get out. So that's good. I like that. Let's have a look at some of the suggestions from our Facebook followers. Oh, Ewan McQueen, I don't count DJ as a real Masters winner. I'm oh, I love that's that that's because take. of the November 2020 I nature I love that take. I want to interrupt there for one second. Is for the beginning of COVID, the beginning of the pandemic, when PGA Tour was playing major championships without fans, I started to share a take with my coworkers that was basically, if you win a fan-free major, the only way it counts is if you win by four strokes or more. Oh, so like, I like it. At one point, Colin Morikawa had won the PGA Championship without fans, but he won it by one stroke. And I thought, you need to prove it to me, Colin. I'm not counting that major until you win a second major, which he did mm-hmm. at, in Kent. But... Anyways, until that happened, to me, Colin Morikawa was major free. So, DJ's Masters win counts because I think he won by four. I think you're right. Yeah. So, in my okay. book, it counts. Sorry, Ewan. <laughs> Sorry, Ewan. Sean has spoken. <laughs> uh, who we got there? We've got Nathan Murray, the ANWA, or ANWA, as I've heard it referred to this week, as a much better watch due to more relatable distances. I think I agree with that. It's not yeah. a bad shout. Mostly true. I think... I mean, they, you have some of these women hitting seven, even six iron into the 12th hole, which is kind of impossible, like landing zone wise. It's, yeah, it is mostly true. Either that or 
I, I'm just tired of people trying to think that they're playing the same equipment, playing the same balls, playing trying to play oh the same. Oh my god, that's the a same podcast. Game. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. Brian McCandless, the jacket should be a vest. Oh my words. <laughs> You're lo- you've lost well, me there. Well, we are in Georgia, I suppose, in the south. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we, who we got there? P.T. Burke, they screwed Mackenzie. Uh, oh, and Stuart Lowry. Hopefully no relation to Shane. And I'm guessing from the comment, absolutely not. McElroy will never win it. Hmm. Hey, when are we going to be allowed to actually ask that question? I only asked that because I, a couple of years ago, had a, a recorded a podcast with some golf Twitter folks, and I asked them, what is your hottest take? And one of them said, Roy will never win a green jacket. And it was basically a given at that time. We thought it would for sure happen. Mm-hmm. At what point, at what age, at, in what year is it fair to start to question that? I'm going to say, so this is attempt number nine at completing the career Grand Slam, once 10 if 10 comes and goes without a jacket from attempt number 11 onwards. Okay. Because then he's had a full 10 years to do it and that feels like a, a really I good window fair. of time. So yeah. come back to me in two years, Sean. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. Who else have we got? Neil Beetham, I think it is. I'd rather have a blue jacket. Oh my <laughs> word. Well, Everyone has blue jackets. Championship, you get that, right? Everyone has blue jackets. No one has green jackets. <laughs> And finally, Stephen Skilling. Uh, this is the most controversial of the lot. It's not a major. It's invites only, much as I love it. <laughs> this is Whoa. one of the best golf courses, though. I, I keep getting stunned every year at just how Im- incredible this course tests the best golfers in the world. It is, I think, one of the purest tests of championship golf. Great shots get rewarded. Bad shots get rejected. And for that reason alone, like that's what makes this thing a major. We don't need 140. I I respect the take though. Like I definitely think like winning an open or winning a US open is a more impressive feat, but not one of those golfers, at least the Americans, want one of those trophies over a green jacket. That in itself is a controversial <laughs> opinion as well. I asked for one, you gave me two. Ah. Jeez. <laughs> Sean, look, it's been such a pleasure having you back on again. Listen, I want to talk to you on a podcast again soon about the book you're writing about your we time. We finish it first. Yeah, <laughs> get that done. You're, you're how far behind now? Uh, well, a couple of days. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> basically the book is 75% done and I've got another month uh, before the editors get really upset about being behind so not a problem just <laughs> shift f7 on everything and just add loads of adjectives you'll be done before you know it but you're writing a book about your time in st andrews last year i guarantee it's going to be a great read i can't wait to read it and when it's done in a year's time come back onto the podcast and please tell us all about it i'm down for that but for now look thank you again for your time much appreciated enjoy the remaining three quarters of the 87th (laughs) Masters Tournament. And to you listening, thank you very much indeed. More Masters commutes coming before the end of the tournament. Make sure you take a note of the revised tee times. Everything's been moved forward by half an hour for Friday's second round because of the inclement conditions that are coming in. Keep across the Bunkered website, bunker.co.uk and follow us on our social media platforms for all of the latest updates and info as and when things happen. To Callaway, thank you for your continued support. Until tomorrow, bye-bye for now.